Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The loud frequency coming from your radio is not a mistake. Do not turn off your radio, but instead turn up your radio as loud as it can go. Do this so we can broadcast this frequency as loud as possible. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to another episode of Game Stuff. I'm your gaming gal, Kalai, and with me today is Roberto. What's up, Roberto? Doing all right and staying cool in the COVID summer. I'm also joined by Joe today. What's up, Joe? I'm back. What's up, guys? How's it going? Uh, okay. And uh, uh, for those of you that are new to our podcast, we are a conversational podcast by gamers for gamers about gaming. This week's topic of the show is. Uh, we are discussing the fact that games are going to be going up by ten dollars. We think next uh, next generation. I mean, it's highly rumored. Still, it's not one hundred percent true, but based on a certain company releasing their game price, it, it it suggests that they could increase in price. Yes. Okay. All right. So let's head over to our um backlog beat down and see how everybody's doing. Uh, JT is at 86. Joe, you're second with half that at 48. I know, I know. Dell's at, at 36. Uh, Garth is at 21. James McCall is at 21. Tricky Mick is at 19. Homer Gets Duffed is at 12. I'm at 11. Glenn is at 7. Andrew Middlemoss is at 6. Jim is at 3. William Ridgeway is at 3. Hebert is at 2. Derek is at 1. Joshua Kraft is at one. Simon is one. Zachary Letford is one. Daniel Jones is minus three. Veronica's minus four. Corey's minus seven. He's getting better there. CJ is minus 14. Wait, so for those of you who don't know, Corey started at a minus 20, and that was literally not even a month ago, and he's at a minus seven right now. That boy is putting in work. Well, well uh, CJ did the same thing. Yeah, but CJ, CJ can't maintain that. He's going to buy, like, 27 new games next week and be back to a minus 46, so. Levi Thompson is at minus 18 now. Levi is is racing to the bottom. Congratulations on your on your newfound uh, status as a PC Master Racist. Congratulations on that. Not the PC Master Race. But what about, like, pro PC... PC Master Enthusiast. PC Master Racist doesn't sound right. Come on. Are you are you saying in our PC society? Are you saying in our PC twenty twenty society I can't say Master Racist? No. It's yeah, it's probably not good. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe I'll not say that anymore. Alright, retiring that term. Term is retired. PC Master Enthusiast. And at dead last is Roberto with a minus thirty. I'm just gonna start making up minuses for him. Well, to be fair, um, Purchased like what four or five games with the Steam Summer Sale, and then I got a couple on the PlayStation. I got a couple on Nintendo. So, uh, and then the NDA's done the end of double ACP thing. Um, so with the with itch.io, and then now, uh, being that I'm gonna be exposed to Humble Bundle more, uh, it's gonna be dicey. I'm not gonna lie, and I'm and I want to pick up Ghost of Tsushima, so I'd say probably more like minus 20. 
You know, I was guessing. You know what, yeah. Clive? I was thinking something. You know how like you wanted to solve like how we're gonna handle the some the humble bundle like situation. I was thinking maybe we just minus people the amount of money that they donate to humble bundle. I like that idea. You should take that up with Daryl. I think I'm. I think I'm gonna. Anything. I'm gonna put that. Right. I, in, did, I did the, just the bare minimum with. The, I'm gonna bring that to the high council. Yeah, because I really don't want to have to input minus fifteen. He wanted to make a minus. Uh, he wanted to make a minus for every game, and I'm like, then you're gonna add them all in, all fifteen hundred. Yeah, he'd have to add all the names in. Yeah. Yeah, he would just hit like copy cell and just put humble bundle game, and then just like pull this shit down till it's fifteen hundred, and then just gonna... go submit, and then just add all your minuses in that way. He wouldn't actually itemize them. Well, here's the funny part. He's he didn't actually make the the uh, the spreadsheet. The spreadsheet is actually being was professionally designed by Jim because he does a lot of spreadsheets. So he's like, oh yeah, I could do that. So over summer break, so like, looks nice at this point. Yeah. So at the first point, he was like, we're gonna get to a point where nobody's gonna be getting points. You need to tell me so I can fix that. I'm like, how will I know? Like I put your guys in and I don't even look at what your original scores and I just put them in. He goes, because oh, I don't remember how many cells I allowed. I'm like, what? No, so like he went in. He's like, "Look, I put no more than two thousand, but it gets really dicey. So you have to go back in and, and you know, if people like buy a game and then beat a game, like try to x people out. I'm like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> oh yeah, he would love for me to have to put fifteen hundred games into his, his his precious spreadsheet. So, all right. Anyways, keep playing those games. Let's head over to what we've been playing. And, uh, Roberto, you want to go first, or do you want us to go first? I'll go first, and, uh, there's a whole, it's kind of like a, another, it's a festive summer so far with, uh, the games that I've played on, um, Switch and also on the PlayStation 4 and even the Vita. So, first up, um, on this list, I'll say that I finally finished Earth Defense Force Iron Rain. I had played, started playing that game last April, and it is a difficult game. It is not easy, and fortunately, I was able to finally finish the campaign after all this time. It was a hell of a last fight. The uh, boss battle lasted me a good hour, uh, probably more, trying to figure out, and that's only a normal difficulty. So, um, but yeah. Very, very great game, hell of a game. So that was something I decided to work on. Kind of like was in the spirit of the July 4th, you know, fighting the good fight, fighting against invaders, you know. So that was something I decided to do. Okay, so in terms of uh, other games that are unfamiliar, Painkiller, Hell and Damnation. I'm giving that a thumbs up. It's a great game. Okay, Joe's familiar with it. Uh, Cool. Kalai, have you heard of it? Never heard of it. It's an FPS. This guy's been damned to hell. He has to fight his way through hell and, I guess, back to his family. I don't really remember the story. It's a first-person shooter. It's, do- it's tr- dope. It's your, it's, it's your speed, Kalai. You would like it. Yeah. No driving. It has a metal soundtrack. It does, it, and... it does sound pretty dope because you just said first-person shooter. You had my attention. Yeah, so uh, you fight Demonic enemies, so skeletons, monsters, trolls, flaming night dudes, and you're like, I guess you're kind of in hell, you're sort of in hell, and like the cusp of it or something like that, and, because there's like giant trolls, cathedrals, uh, dark dungeons, 
uh, fountains of lava, but it's also like kind of modern. So you fight through hells in the, in the first person shooter perspective, you fight through waves of enemies, but the trick is you're not fighting with lasers or plasma cannons or anything like that. You have these weapons that have been fashioned like old fashioned, uh, like old, like, like something built in a Transylvanian era. You know how in that lore, like fighting werewolves and vampires, people assembled crossbows made of platinum or silver bullets. It's something like that. Okay, the word I'm thinking of is... Uh, wait, now, wait, wait. I have a question about that. Did they make silver bullets to put into the crossbows? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. You know, I, I got tongue twisted there. You know, like, uh, I'm thinking Van Helsing. You know, when he... I don't see yeah. also the movie when he dips the crossbow in the holy water and then shoots the crossbow and kills one of the vampires and then he fights a werewolf and, like, it has a platinum bullet, you know, because platinum's the only way to kill a werewolf. But anyway... I'm going off topic. <laughs> silver. It was silver. You were right the first time. Silver. Okay. So there we go. But it's kind of like that. It, it's like something that looks like it was made by Tesla and Edison. Some of these weapons. One weapon is like a rifle that shoots shurikens like a rifle. And it just fires off rapid firing and just chop off limbs. It has a secondary. All the weapons have secondary alt fires. So this particular weapon can fire a stream of electricity. There's a sniper rifle, but it's not, it's a sniper rifle of, like, wooden, um, rods. What, what, are, you, what are you playing it on right now? PS3. And, yeah, I uh, thought you were playing the PS3 one. That's the one I played. Are you playing on PlayStation now? No, I, I had bought it a long time ago. Oh, it's a, I it's, dude, it's a great game. Yeah, I decided to get the DLC for it, too. Um, but the PS3, the game I bought a long, long time ago. And uh, so, like, one weapon fires, like, rods or, or stakes or something there's, like that. There's like, stakes. And, it's a stake gun, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you do have a shotgun that fires regular shells, but primarily that's how you, you know, that's primarily how you, you, you fire and, and dispatch and, and eliminate your targets. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the game happens to have a good, like, amount of playability. The soundtrack is really, really neat. It, there's a lot of interesting things to enjoy about it. So it's for an older game. It's it's a lot of fun. I I imagine that it's on Steam and you, it probably runs like 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 silky smooth, you know, butter. So uh, you can probably find it for like not even ten bucks. It's a very good game. Lots of lots of levels too. So the next one is actually pretty neat because it actually is related to a podcast. And it's from one of the co-founders of Kind of Funny Games. And that is Twin Breaker, A Sacred Symbols Adventure. Now, is this game actually any good? I've heard people say it is. And I've heard people say that like, it's not like a traditional Brick Breaker and the fact that it has a lot of story to it. Is that true? Yes, that latter part is, is true. Um, the, the, uh, so Twin Breaker, A Sacred sim- Story, sim- Sacred... A Sacred Symbols Adventure actually has a really significant amount of backstory. I mean, nothing, you know, complicated or involving, but something that says, I thought, something that says, I thought a lot about how to make the story and how to make the game. So, uh, so, and how to make the game surround that story. So, well, Colin wrote the story, right? Yeah. So here we go. (laughs) Got a little lost there. The, um, the story takes place in the future in which World War III happened, but from World War III, 
there was the fact that the World War III caused kind of a uniting of the, of the countries, a uniting of nations, and that this pursued a whole crusade of scientific possibility. And in the process, the, this created like these giant ships that went into the cosmos deep to colonize worlds and planets. And in the process, uh, like, and now these ships were just going out into the void not to return. And people were doubting, should we do that? What should we do? And suddenly they just stopped receiving. But they were still sending ships out there. Suddenly a wormhole opens around Mercury. And two guys, which is Chris Raygun and, um, and Colin, they're in their ships and they're actually sent in to investigate a strange signal coming from the wormhole. And it plays as a brick breaker. And it's actually really neat. It has a uh, uh, it has a very unique um, aspect to the gameplay, the combat. It plays like a brick breaker, like Arkanoid, if you played Arkanoid before. And there's a couple of interesting gameplay elements that that occur, like you can knock out some bricks, and there's also the fact that you can uh, unlock like guns that like shoot lasers and uh, special ball, uh, power balls that can smash through bricks and things like that. Later on. It goes from using two paddles, I guess, or two ship paddles. They're actually called uh, the Greetings in the Sanctuary. They have names. To having four. So now you've got, if you can imagine Pong, left and right. And now you have Arkanoid on the bottom. You have like this four-way brick breaker. It's a really unique concept I haven't personally seen before. And it can take some getting used to. But it's really, really good. And I think the only complaint I can make, the music can could use a little work. I mean, you're on this expedition, and it has like an NES soundtrack, but uh, it's like kind of nice and smooth, like nothing like ever like energetic. I think there could have been some work there to make something a little more heightened, you know, kind of like Contra, you know, like that those famous music notes in Contra or Castlevania. The, so I think that's the only place where I could improve. The game was made by Ill- that's for, that's really surprising because. Uh, Colin is usually really good on like, uh, you know, he was he was an editor for so long and critiquer of video games. You would think that it would be a little bit better. Yeah, well, the gameplay is great. It's just the music's a little. I mean, the presentation's also really good too. I think that the only real complaint I can personally make is just the soundtrack could be better because like the music's okay, but um, it could use a little more like energy, a little more fire, a little more you know, the earth is at stake type thing. You know, so. Um, but everything else about it's really neat. The ball, there's boss fights. There's uh, various different game modes. There's a, there's a codex to unlock different things. Now, for reference, this developer made a game called Hybroxia, or Hybroxia is like a, it was like a side-scrolling shmup, uh, very much in that vein of an eight-bit game uh, emulating the NES. And the, that game did the same thing. It was the bare minimum of a shmup. The music was okay. Pretty catchy tune, like nothing catchy tunes, but kind of relaxing and you know, various boss fights, but no lore, no story or anything. It's just you get in a ship and you shoot things. And this type this time around, there's an actual like story, there's a script, there's cutscenes, and I'm like, cool. So um as a matter of fact, Colin Mariarty actually founded the um founded uh he's now like a co like not a co-founder, but he's now like a an officer with Illy Motion now. So He'll probably be making more Sacred Symbols games very soon. Uh, it's ten bucks on PSN. 
and it's it's cross buy for Vita and PS4, and it's only ten bucks. Yeah, I might be catching a minus one. I'll support yeah. my boy Colin. Yeah, it's good. Um, so yeah, that's a thumbs up from Twin Breaker. I'm gonna probably finish the game. I'll definitely do a review for Stack Up, and uh, you know, it's it's I really dig what's there. It's uh, it's it's nice to see a simple game made with enthusiasm and just get out there. And it doesn't no matter about the sales or you know revolutionary features. Just stick to something good and refreshing, you know. So, uh, next game, and I'll start. Uh, okay, this one I barely started. I kind of want to play it more in order to elaborate on it more. It's a visual novel called Arcade Spirits. It sounds like tricky type of game. <laughs> it's I'm I'm already gonna say so far I've spent like the first three hours. It looks like it's gonna be a very long BN though. I think this game's gonna last like maybe fifteen hours at least. Um because I haven't gotten through chapter one yet. Um so I'll start from the top. So Arcade Spirits is a visual novel inspired by 1980s, 1990s arcades. You get uh, this, uh, you're, you know, you're, you move in with your best friend. Oh, I forgot, she's a girl, I forgot her name. You're not dating or anything, you're just friends that grew up and together. And, like, you know, he's, your protagonist is bumbling around different jobs here and there. And, like, you know, he has a degree and everything, but just what's his dream? What's his purpose? And he sees, like, a life coach on his phone. It's like a digital artificial intelligence. And I knew I was going to like this game. At least you know for the from the beginning because the ca- the character starts like making a lot of like references to things and one of the things was you know was was actually this is cool she says did you know that if you have pizza on a bagel you can have pizza anytime <laughs> yeah see Joe laughed a I... little bit you know what that's in reference to yep yeah oh oh I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, keep my mouth shut as I don't date myself. <laughs> pizza um, in the morning, pizza in the pizza evening, evening, pizza ass up a time. When pizza's, pizza's on, a bagel, on a bagel, you can eat pizza, pizza anytime. anytime. So, yeah, when that when that happened, I said I'm gonna like this, and it, it, be, it there's a running gag later on that mentions it too, because your character gets hungry and uh, you know the the phone starts going off. Oh, did you know that if you have pizza, I was like, okay, that, I dig this. And so far, like, there seems to be, like, some history, too, like, the, the, the you know, because the first chapter is, like, the AI sets up an interview with this arcade, and it goes, you know, the, the character starts having thoughts, and actually it goes to a cutscene, like, actual photography of when they uncover the E.T. cartridges in the desert. So, uh, as you know, that, that was actually a, a myth, but that was proven true. They dug that up back in 2012 or whatever. Yeah, it yeah. was uh, actually, um, they did a whole documentary on it, Yeah, and uh, Larry uh, was in, from Xbox, Larry Earp was involved. Right, yeah, that was, uh, I remember that, so he mentions that, and I was like, oh, okay, it looks like it's going to really tap into, like, not just be a game about arcades, but, like, a, a visual novel about arcades, but it's going to, like, tap into, like, name brand stuff, you know, and reference things that, from old arcades, so... So far, I've met several of the characters. I think I have, like, two more characters to, to see before the cha- first chapter's over. Uh, there's some voice acting. So, like, you read a lot, but there's some voice acting in it. And so far, it's, it's cool. Um, you have the option to romance everybody. You cannot romance everybody. Um, 
there's, you know, full-fledged inclusion, whichever pronouns you do, um, you can date anybody. So, so far, I just started, but I'm enjoying myself. And honestly, I'm kind of like connecting a bit, you know, because it's just, you start to get the sensation that, that arcades and video games are just a lot more than just like cabinets and plastic and tubes. It's uh, in circuitry. There's there's just something very unifying and gravitating, like some kind of a universe of energy that's there, uh, of fun and competition and stories. It's like it's kind of like libraries for gamers, you know. It's this a bookworm goes into a library and sees doesn't see pages in books. They see stories, human imaginations, and ingenuity. A gamer goes to an arcade, it's like the same thing. You know, it took a lot of guts to and design to make a, you know, Robotron 2084 with the trackball. But anyway, I'm going, I'm going off, sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so far so good. I think I have to play it more to ch- and then get back to you on that. But um, so far so good. I, I like what it is and um, I'm enjoying that one. And then finally, July 10th, this game comes out. Fun time. Or hashtag you fun time. Fun... Okay, I thought I was going to ask if you said fun time. You got yeah. hashtag no response because I have no clue what this is. Ha- uh, it's from the Quantum Astrophysicist Guild. They're a publisher and slash designer. They sound like a bunch of smart guys that make video games. Yeah, they had a big booth over at PAX East. It, it, like some, they 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 seem to be looking at games that bend. Bend what's expected. Like, remember Round Guard? That came from them. Oh yeah, Round Guard's cool. Oh yeah. So there's <laughs> that sounded convincing, guy. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, Round Guard is. I got on a iOS. Yeah, that's right. She so when when Apple Arcade was still a thing. Or, it or, is still a thing. Oh okay. Yeah. So is Stadia, Kali. <laughs> so uh. Yeah, it's a twin-stick shooter. It's uh, inspired by Geometry Wars, but there's a bunch of game modes. So you've got a lot of arcade modes. You've got the challenge modes. You've got uh, survival mode, larger survival mode, wrecking ball mode, uh, no asteroid survival mode, uh, bomb mode, all these other modes. It's an arcade game that seems to be made with love of twin-stick shooters and arcades, and definitely a love for Geometry Wars. Like, that's the first thing people are going to look, they're going to see Geometry Wars, but what sets this apart is the color, color coding mechanics. So, if you, in some modes, if you flip your color to red and you shoot red enemies, you get bonuses. You shoot, flip the green, and you shoot green enemies, then you get more bonus points. The other thing is the soundtrack. The soundtrack is actually kind of chill. It's cool, it's thumping, it's exciting, it's it's pretty dynamic, and it's like, and, and once again, the the high, the hook of getting the high points and getting the leaderboards that's sunk in there. So it's it's a pretty neat game so far. I like it. Um, it's gonna be on everything, including Switch, and it's uh, so far I really like it. I hope there's more content, and uh, there's uh, later on. I mean, there's a lot of content already, but uh, it's a pretty unique little game. Um, if you look up, ha- if you go on Twitter or Facebook. And put hashtag fun time. You're gonna see more of uh, what's there uh, in what it, it, what it, like what it'll consist of. It's uh, and how like and I think like honestly though, if you like twin stick shooters, there's nothing. Go- there's no going wrong with something that's good, refined, and you know sticks to sticks to its guts. Um, I personally, like I said, I like the color, I like the soundtrack. 
I think it's a pretty good game. It comes out July 10th. And that's it. Um, so let's go to Fly. What have you been playing? There's no other game you want to talk about? Okay, we can talk about this one. I'll segue into it. So on July 6th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, New Jersey, I just had tried, thanks to Kalai, who quote-unquote yanked my teeth a bit. <laughs> no kidding, man. It was like pulling teeth. Yeah. Um, right, okay, pulling teeth. Okay. Um, I got to play Steam Remote Play of Assault Android Cactus. So for those that are unfamiliar with what that is, in case you haven't heard of it, Kalai launches a stream exclusive in this in Steam and I can log into the stream and connect and play the game as if I'm in the same room as her. So we played Assault Android Cactus. Isn't it Cactus Assault Android? No, it's Assault Android Cactus, not Assault Cactus Android. Oh. Okay. Okay. No, no. Okay. So it, it, remember Assault Android Cactus. <laughs> so this game is a twin stick shooter that I had in one of my humble bundles, and I decided to start playing. And man, does the game get difficult quickly. So I called Roberto up, and I was like, dude, come help me out. He's like, I don't have a PC. I'm like, you don't need a PC. It's fine. You don't need a good PC. You'll be fine. He's like, I don't know the game. You don't need a game. Just hook a controller up. You'll be fine. <laughs> we also learned something else about Roberto's current laptop. It has a really bad Wi-Fi. Adapter. Yeah, it, it, it's an Asus, and I'm literally sitting next to the to the router, and it, to the point where the signal should be 100, percent and it started to drop really bad, especially during some of the fights. So, uh, when that started happening, I'm like, okay, I gotta just, I gotta make space off my table. I have a table with an iMac, and just jack in directly to the to the router to the router. So I did, and that cleared yeah. everything up. So we had a lot of fun. It was like this cute little shooter. You could play all different characters. You could switch up your characters. The, the The levels were dynamic and hard. The visual style was amazing. The The music was good, too. Yeah. It's a really cute little indie. Yes. Have you played Have you, have you played that, Joe? No, I have not. Uh, I heard it's good, though. Yes. Well, if you would like to play it, you can with me. As a matter of fact, like I said, it, it it can support up to four player co-op. Wait, but how do I is it free? No, you don't need the game. You just need a, a PC and, and a, a Steam account. And a Steam account? A Steam account, yep. I got all those. And then, I got those. And then I invite you to my game, you jump in, we play. I feel like and we need it. I feel like I we might need to do some, some BS trickery so I can catch so I can catch uh JT. <laughs> Yeah, so also um when when Kalai told me to get my my controller, I found this Logitech controller I must have bought at Best Buy like years ago for for the hell of it. And it it has no vibration function. It's just a ja- a plug in and and play and it works. <laughs> so um yeah, that was something. I might have I it's like I know you can connect a PS4 controller or a 360 controller, but I was like, let me use this one cuz this was specifically designed for PC. So um that was fun. Um, also, I I um, I managed to you know kind of like uh, do really good with Kalai in, in playing the game. Like we we were going neck and neck with some of these machines left and right, and uh, yeah, I was kind of also 
was kind of like a I I don't want to call it an advisor because I'm like Kali, this part's gonna happen. Watch out, this part's gonna happen next. These aliens, these robots are gonna come out here, and these robots are gonna come out there. Get the EMP. That last boss fight, bro. That was wow. Um, so for those that don't know, spoilers, but the last boss has like one of the last bosses has you fight a giant spider. Then there's another boss that has you fight another android. But the final final boss has you fight the core of the ship, which is basically Frieza. Which is this isn't even my final form, and it goes through all the forms of the bosses that you fought through the game, and then you have to like kill the thing, and it sends you into a digital universe where you have to shoot these things, and if you don't do it, then you have to start from the beginning. It kicked our butts, but um, I had to choose. Uh, a, a, I fortunately found an android named Coral that does like emits an, a shield, and I was able to survive. Kali was doing good though. Yeah. That- that shield was, was really helpful. The game yeah. sounds cool. I think I might have to check this out. Yeah, so... Yeah, you, you should. You know who would be good to play with that game with? Why? Uh, no. Your other partner. Your husband. Oh, oh. Oh, my, my Canadian husband? Well, he's away at camp. <laughs> yeah. he, he left me <laughs> and went to camp, so... Not yeah, only is he probably... cheating on not only is he cheating on his soon to be wife, but he's also cheating on me with another job, so he'd probably like this. <laughs> um it, I, Yeah, he would. I will say that it's also on Nintendo Switch and they released like an optimized, refined version for the Switch, especially with the uh like this Joy Con mode where if it's if you were to go see Corey and you forgot all your controls but you have a second Joy Con, there's this mode it recognizes and then it'll like help it'll do like an aim assist because it knows that that's cool that's actually pretty cool yeah it'll because it knows that with one joy con you only have one analog stick you don't have two so it has like it it tries to compensate for that and because it's a twin stick shooter that works sublime with the controls and like when you one thing that you can do is when you dot uh you hit a button your character does a flip and that makes you invulnerable for a second which is essential to survival so the game has a way of optimizing and compensating if you have just a Joy-Con. Yeah, so I, I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the game. Uh, but before we continue with what I've been playing, Joe, why don't we hop over and figure out what you've been playing, and then I'll go last. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I like how you're just like, no, you can go now, Joe. I'll go last. All right, so what did I play this week? Well, I finished um, probably... What I can consider one of the best Call of Duty campaigns I've ever played in the history of Call of Duty campaigns, which, which says a lot because there's been a lot of good ones. But I finished uh, Call of Duty uh, World War Two, and it, I was going to guess Ghost. No, I finished. <laughs> that's on my list. I still haven't done Ghost. Actually, there's a lot I haven't done. I haven't played any of this generation's Call of Duties because they're so damn expensive just to play the campaign. And I'm like, for an eight hour campaign just to buy a game for that anymore, I don't do it anymore. I used to every year. Because I don't play Call of Duty multiplayer. I just don't right. like multi. I just don't like multiplayer games like that. I'm not a fan. Um, I haven't played multiplayer in those games in a long time. I don't even know how they are. But anyway, so tell so tell me, like, what are your impressions of the single player? Was it um? It was phenomenal, was it dude. No, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Um, the graphics on that game are breathtaking for like the the actual like um human like cat like the capture graphics for all the humans in the game. It looks amazing. Like, 
people like shit on Activision a lot for stuff and their like microtransactions and their bullshit, but they make some beautiful ass games. Like Sledgehammer made that one. Whew. That game is gorgeous. Gorgeous. Like I was like, wow, this is beautiful. And this is just on a PS4. Imagine what this looks like on a PC. Imagine. Yeah. But anyway. I can imagine the uh the uh the, just like the the frame rate the, and everything. The frame rate and the ray tracing and the seventy thousand frames per second. Yeah, and the fact that it can play turbo tax in the background while I'm playing the game at the same time. Yeah. But, but I mean, can it I, play I, Raid Shadow but can it run Raid Shadow Legends? I don't know. Can it run Crisis? Can it, and can you li- can, you, <laughs> can you use Raycon earbuds to play this game? I mean, can you use Raycon earbuds to play anything these days? Well, I mean, I, I just gotta say, Raycon is, uh, I hear, are great earbuds that could be sold at a affordable price. Did you just plug? Are, are we- did you just plug Raycon earbuds in the middle of our show? I also plugged in Raid Shadow spo- Legends. <laughs> did did we did we like get a sponsorship? Did, I don't did know. Did you get a pair of Raycons no. in the mail? No. <laughs> I was gonna say, where's my Raycons at? No. I just watched a lot of YouTube today, and, and it's like everyone from Alex, my, great ones like Alex. Oh, Mike, it's so it's bad. It's, it's just... they all shill out in the beginning of all their videos now, and they're all like pro. There's they're all like doing product placement at the beginning of their video before you have to actually watch a video because like people skip ads now, so they just mm-hmm. put it in their videos now. So no longer do people oh. attach ads to their videos on YouTube. Yeah, it's like that, it's whatever I, they 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 get their own monetization now because they're because YouTube screws them in the algorithm. So now they put the ads in their own videos, like they actually do. They actually do commercials like right before everything starts. Like, um, like James Rolfe does it before every AVGN episode. Mm-hmm. It's like um, manscaping. That's it's, how I got. Um, it's it, it's a VPN, Express VPN. He does. Yeah. Yeah, every, every not, episode. I know we have to get back on topic, but just to say, <laughs> no, I, um, I, yeah, I actually dug into one of their sponsorships and I got a manscaping because I was like, I need this, and I'm not gonna lie, manscaping oh, works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, hey, man, oh, that's I'm all. That's all you, you Roberto. I'm glad that I'm glad that you got a ball of like shit for your balls, but. <laughs> Uh, so, Joe, can you continue on what you've been playing? <laughs> well, I, been, I have not been playing with my balls, so we'll put that <laughs> one out there. Like, really? Why did you play? It was just manscaping. That's all. I didn't say anything. That's what manscaping that. is. <laughs> you can do your legs. I don't know. Some guys do that. It's precision tools for your family jewels. I watched the commercial a million times. It's on every episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily, so I've heard it a million times. But anyway, getting back to what I've been playing, uh, I finished uh, Modern Warfare 2. Campaign's kind of lengthy. I would say it was around 8 hours to finish for a Call of Duty campaign, maybe 14 with all the cutscenes, but it was a hell of a game. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I remember finishing that thing in like 5 hours. Nah, it was pretty... pretty, uh... Well, I didn't play it on... I played it on like... I don't remember what difficulty I played it. It wasn't normal, though. And it wasn't hard. It wasn't easy, either. It might have been like middle of the road. But there was uh, a lot of there was there was like ten missions in it. It wasn't the most beefy game. It wasn't like a Call of Duty, which Call of Duty, Black Ops Three, which was like thirty hours and like fifteen hours of cutscenes. Thought I was playing Metal Gear Solid for a minute there. I was like, oh my god, if they show me eggs in a frying pan, I'm gonna turn, I'm gonna throw my freaking controller out a window. Like just stop. Like the cutscenes of the game were so long. I was like, Corey and I just want to get back to killing things. Like stop with the cutscenes. There's right. cutscenes in the middle of levels. I'm like, no, stop. No, enough of this like 
I'm not playing a story game. I'm playing Call of Duty. Well, I am playing a story game because I'm playing the campaign, but like I, I gave absolutely no shits about a Black Ops storyline. Like once the Call of Duties like went into space and like advanced warfare, I like stopped caring. Like I like the stories that are rooted in like actual like wars. I think they're more authentic. Well, they are more authentic, but I just think that they that's like their bread and butter, and that's what they're really good at. And I really hope that like Activision like kind of like goes back to more of that because it's it's just it's just a better storytelling mechanism and you don't have to you don't have to you could tell like a fictional story in like a world war ii or a world war one situation you don't have to tell like an accurate story no one's gonna come knocking at your door the accuracy police aren't gonna be like holy shit man this game's not act well actually they probably will they'll probably review bomb the shit out of you but no one's gonna like i mean the call of duty campaign still i mean the worst call of duty is still better than uh last of us 2 apparently which keeps getting review bombed. I feel sorry. Do you know that people are hiding? So, just quick tangent. So you know people are hiding reviews for Last of Us Two in other game reviews now, and just saying that they just like end the review with, "and this game is better than the Last of Us Two." Like, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's they're all over Steam. It's it's so bad. It's gotten so bad. I kind of feel bad for them, but like people need to grow up. Like, it's yeah. a game. It's a game. People like what you like. Play what you play. Like I give people shit all the time. I give sh- Kali shit for playing PC, but play what you want to play, man. It's I mean, it's a beautiful right. time that we have all this stuff to play. Remember, and it wasn't too to long ago, it, like twenty years ago, where we all had to play Nintendo. It's all the f- all that there was. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to go back to yeah. those times when there's very limited options and everybody's playing the same thing, or would you like to live in a world where we have like all these people that can talk about all these different games because there's so many. There's such a huge gambit of things to pull from. But anyway, what else did I play this week? Um, I played Pokemon Cafe Mix on the Switch. It was that free-to-play Pokemon game that we just got. I really love it. It's it's like it's like a bitch version of Pokemon uh uh Pokemon uh what the hell is it? Pokemon Shuffle, which is my all-time favorite Pokemon spin-off game of all time on the 3DS. I played that game for no lie. I think I had like 500 hours in that game. It's probably like number two on on my 3DS behind one of the Fire Emblem games, which I have like 600 hours on. But anyway, like I love Pokemon Shuffle. For those of you who have never played Pokemon Shuffle, it's like Pokemon's version of Candy Crush. Like it plays exactly similar to Candy Crush where it's a match three, but then you also have like the things you need to erase and like all the different things you need to do. But the cool thing is the amount of turns that are left at the end of the game in um, Pokemon Shuffle it increases the chance of your Pokeball catching a Pokemon. So you battle a Pokemon every level and you could catch it at the end in Pokemon Shuffle. In Pokemon Cafe, uh, you run a cafe with Pokemon. So as you beat levels and you... It's the same style of game. It's it's like a match three puzzler, um, but it's different because it uses a mechanic that's um, not seen in many games where you take... you. It's all touchscreen. You take your finger, right, and you and you match as many Pokemon of the same kind as you can, and you get like a super like bonus. If for those of you at home, I'm like swirling my fingers around like you can see it, but you can't. Um, so it's it's a match. It's a match three, but it's not. You have to match at least three, but you can match as many as you want. And after you go for a while, you have to like erase like walnuts off the level by like circling the walnut with your characters or having it touch on all the sides, and then it like makes it disappear. You have to make sugar cubes uh, disappear by having at least three Pokemon touch the sugar cube, and you have to do it three turns in a row to get rid of that one piece. But then you also have like items that drop 
and there's like an air horn that blows like items off the level. It's really cool little puzzler game that we got for free. Like it's cool. I I'm enjoying it. I don't know if you guys tested it out. I tested it out because it's free, and I test out all the Pokemon stuff that's free just because I like Pokemon and. I honestly think this game will be better than Pokemon Snap, and people can hate me for that, but I, I Pokemon Snap is just taking pictures of Pokemon. And you can hate me for that, but that's my opinion on Pokemon Snap. Uh, no, one of us has to play it. And I'm, I've been playing some really good games lately. To go to that one. Oh, I'm glad that I took... Uh, you're saying you're glad that I took the bullet to play Pokemon Puzzle... Yes. Pokemon uh, Cafe Mix, so everybody at home knows that this game is great. Uh, it's great. Um, I also liked Pokemon Quest. I don't know if any of you touched the Pokemon Quest out. I tried it for like a whole five seconds and then I was done. So I played a lot of Pokemon Quest too this week because I was like, all right. It's a it's a cool little um how do I it's kinda like a like a how how do I explain Pokemon Quest? So you have a a team of three Pokemon and then everything auto it like just goes by itself. So like you pick your Pokemon, you go, and then they fight other Pokemon on the map. It plays similar to Pokemon uh, Mystery Dungeon or Pokemon um, Battle Rumble. Remember Battle Rumble? Where you just pick your Pokemon and then they go and they fight the other Pokemon. But this one's like each map is like you pick three Pokemon, you go in, you you clear zones, and then once you clear zones, you fight a Pokemon boss at the end. But the cool thing is you, you get like berries and stuff and you get power-ups and they drop them and they make your Pokemon stronger. But you have to level your Pokemon up to make them stronger. But then it has a gotcha mechanic where, like, you can make recipes and, like, get more Pokemon to come to your village. But you can also, um, you only get, like, five, like, energy turns. Same thing in Pokemon Cafe. So they make you, like, want to buy more turns because you have to wait, like, the time to time out. So basically, I was thinking, I'm thinking Pokemon Cafe was going to be DNA's next uh, Pokemon mobile game. And because Nintendo has officially scrapped all future mobile titles, and they're either just going to put the... I think all the things that they said they were working on, they're going to put on the Switch. And all the things that are already on mobile, they are going to move to the Switch. And offer on the Switch as well. Yeah, so I heard rumors that um, that RPG's coming to the Switch. That big... Uh, I can't remember the name of it. That, that free-to-play RPG that they have that has, like, gotcha mechanics. And then the game that I want on the Switch is finally going to come to Switch. Uh, I heard Fire, Fire Emblem Heroes may be coming to the Switch. With all the microtransaction goodness that encompasses it, it's a it's a tough ballpark because I think like um, reportedly Nintendo's kind of moving away its way out of the mobile gotcha business, and I, admit, I think although I admit that on that note they should have released the Elder Scrolls Blades with some kind of just maybe a starter pack and that's it because it's like I I had to stop playing that just because. But wait a second. You can't you can't say stuff like that because Blades isn't Nintendo. Right, that's Blades true. is one hundred one hundred percent Skyrim. Oh, it's one hundred percent those money grabbing assholes from Bethesda that will bleed yeah. you drive every 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 cent you have by releasing the same game four hundred times and still charging you sixty dollars because development costs. It costs right. so much to port a wait, game. Wait, yeah, because you know Skyrim times- has a PS Five. Oh hell yeah! And how- oh, here's seventy dollars Skyrim. You ready for that, guys? Yeah, but how many times have how many times have you bought the game? Oh fuck me! Uh, one, two, three. Ooh, ooh, you gotta apologize for that. Four, four. Oh, cause I curse. That's one. Sorry, I only had like <laughs> three last week. That's one, and I had one shit. So that's like, oh, that's no. You had 
You had zero last week. No, I had zero on Loop Rose. I did not have zero. No, you had zero on our episode last week. Oh, because I wasn't on the episode? That's right. (laughs) Good job, Kalai. (laughs) If this was, like, an actual, like, recorded podcast where people could watch me, I would have a little, like, uh, Levi Thompson, like, like, fuck trigger on the bottom, where every time that I say the word fuck, I would just hit the clicker. That's three now, by the way. (laughs) But But these are used to explain something, so they shouldn't count. If I had a swear jar, I'd be poor. Or you'd be rich in video games. True, true. I already am rich in video games. I mean, I'm very lucky. Uh, what else did I play this week? I played Monster... Uh, Monster Madness... Monster Jam Steel Titans for the PS4. And I'm slowly working my way through the campaign because now I'm on, like, World Champions and it's, like, hard as shit. Because now, like... The difficulty spiked. That doesn't count. You can say that on cable. Because I live in the Bible Belt doesn't mean I can't say the S word. Get out of here with that nonsense. Anyway, Monster Jam Steel Titans. Uh, it's not as good as the rest of the Monster Jam games. I'll tell you that. Like, I am not feeling this one as much as I felt all the rest of the Monster Jam games. I love Monster Trucks. I've loved Monster Trucks since I was a kid. It's one of those things like Ninja Turtles that I just won't let go of. So like anytime I see a new Monster Jam game, I'll buy it. I mean, I'll wait till it's like dirt cheap, but I'll still buy it. So I I picked it up, I think at Target one day. They had like one of those bins where like every game in the bin was 50% off. Oh, nice. Yeah, Skyrim was in that bin, but it was physical. And I don't like physical Switch games. Hmm. I know. I I, I feel like eventually I'm going to have to cave on the physical Switch game thing because my 500 gig card's almost full, and I'm not buying a uh, I'm not buying a terabyte card for three hundred dollars. I'm just not doing it. No, f that. Ooh, there's a three terabyte card. No, there's a terabyte card, but it's three hundred dollars. And that's why I should get the copy of Brigadine over him because he has no space. No, I have space for that. <laughs> oh, there's space laid out for that. Don't worry, Kalai. All right, can I uh, talk about what I've been playing? Whoa, you just broke up yeah, there. Hold on one sec. Go for uh, it. I have one more, a uh, quick one. Uh, oh, sure. I've I'm also sorry. played the game called Life, and I, and I rule at that game. And I worked like 45 hours this week. And it's only like, what, Tuesday? So, no, I had to work a lot on sun- or Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. So, I-, I have off the rest of the week, so I have vacation. So, I'll be playing a shit ton of video games, and I'll have a lot to report back to you guys next week. But let's turn it over to Kali. Kali, what have you been playing? Well, for whatever reason, Levi is turning me into a horror person, I guess. I don't know. I've been playing Resident Evil 7. I'm glad. That's a great game. I know, but it's difficult for me. Horror survival is not my favorite genre. Like, I I don't like that I don't have enough bullets. Because I just want to shoot things. Yeah, um, that's not, like, the best one to start out with. I mean, that's the best one to start out with if you want, like, a true Resident Evil game. If you want, like, a baby Resident Evil game, you can play, like, five or six, because, like, the bullets are, like, water in that game. They're everywhere. Like, literally, you Mm -hmm. kill something, it drops bullets. You walk five spaces, there's bullets. You open a door, bullets. Bullets everywhere. So, I'm playing Resident Evil like it's a uh, a, uh, Death Souls, a Dead Souls uh, game. Okay. Uh, Every two minutes, you died. 
<laughs> oh, okay. So you're saying that you're just not very good at this game. <laughs> at least you're not playing the ones with tank controls. You'd be really not good at them. Oh, I know. I was told I should start with Resident Evil 4. I've gotten through 10 minutes of that game before I quit. Uh, Resident Evil 4 is an acquired taste for those who have to go back and play it now just because of controls. But the game is phenomenal. Uh, I, if you're going to play Resident Evil 4, I would say either play it on S Switch or play it on um, uh, PC. Because the Switch version, you can actually play with like motion control. Like with like the you can like actually aim with the uh the fucking gyro. So it's pretty cool. Oh sorry, I cursed again. <laughs> That's it. Six. Uh, I did so yeah, good last week, you know, because I'm not here. <laughs> hmm. Um, yeah, so I have it on PC. I've been trying it, but I have to play it in big small chunks because when you do the same thing over and over and over again. At one point, I would kill a guy, run upstairs, save. Go back down, kill another guy, run upstairs, save. So, yeah, Dark Souls, that's the game. I was playing it like a Dark Souls, you died. I said Death Souls, I'm very sorry, guys. <laughs> okay, does that game, I, I can't remember, correct me if I'm wrong, that game doesn't have ink ribbons, right? You can save as many times as you want. You have to, you remember you, oh god, I'll never forget this, you have to find the tape recorder. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now I remember. Now I remember. Yep. Yeah. That's because I was online with you one day. And you're like, I just need a tape recorder. Uh, I've also started Alan Wake. Fantastic game. H how many chapters are in that game? I'm, I don't think it's long. It's I think not it's like, long you know, at all. It's not long. Like the chap like... the chapters themselves are long, but they're not too many chapters. If I, if I remember correctly, like there's, I think there's like twelve chapters or something like that. It's not. That's not that long. Not in modern gaming, at least. No, it can't be 12 chapters. I feel that's too too, too many chapters. Because I am on chapter 4. And I've been having a lot of fun with that game. I don't like the... Con <sighs> okay, so I was having a little bit of difficulty, and I went onto the Loot Bros um, Discord, and T-Bird helped me out a lot. He was like, yeah you do realize that the battery charges itself, so you don't need to constantly keep changing batteries. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, I did not know that. So that made the game a little easier. Yeah. A couple of things I... That'll help you out. I had to look up. Yeah, a couple of things I had to look up, because I was like, this is stupid, like, because you have to fight a bulldozer. I mean, it's 2020. I don't got time to get stuck in games anymore. My backlog's too big. I was I was actually talking to my wife about this the other day. I was like, you know what? Like back in the day, I used to like persevere and try to like beat things on my own. But now when I get stuck, I'm like, mm, well, Google it is, YouTube it is, and I just move along because I'm like, I don't got time for this shit. I got a huge backlog. Well, yeah, that was, I know. And, yeah, agreed. Yeah, and the thing with the game is, is you know, I'm not playing it because it's it's like. I think it's an amazing game, which I heard it's an amazing game, is I'm paying for the story. After seeing Control and the connection between Control and um, and this game, I wanted to play the storyline to see how it fleshed out the world. Because they're all connected, including Quantum Break. I mean, it's a great story. Um, it's a great game. It's a game that was ahead of its time. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, have I been playing anything else? I'm not. I've been slowly working through trying to. I think it's a bit more difficult of a game than trying one. 
Um, we still don't like the camera angles when it comes to multiplayer in that game. Yeah, that's um, it's kind of a pain in butt, but you'll get used you get used to it. Pretty much, it's like playing split screen Mario. It's just the thing you have to deal with. It's not like it's not the most it's not the greatest way to play, but it's what you had to, it's what you have. Exactly. You can have no couch go up. Oh, I also started Metal Unit. Metal Unit. Yeah, that, yeah, that was at it, PAX. That was actually a really good uh, side-scroller game. It combines various mech anime, particularly Evangelion. Well, actually, very interesting enough, I kind of got bored of it quickly, what? so I think I'm going to have to play it in small time. So it's a, it's a side-scrolling what? Like, like, uh, like a platformer? No. That, it's not side-scrolling at all. You're... It's more role-playing than anything else, really. It's it's role-playing roguelike. That's the better description of Metal Unit. So, you are a training to be a, a Metal Unit, or whatever they're called. I don't know. I was I, Everything was kind of scrolling very fast. Okay. So, I was trying to keep up with the story. But you have to go through these levels and beat the enemies, and when you beat the enemies, you move on. But they're roguelike, so they, they kind of change. But they're very small levels. Small's good sometimes, especially on a handheld. Well, I'm playing on PC because it's only on PC. Small. I, I mean, small's good sometimes too. I mean, having games that are chunk like chunked is nice sometimes when you just want to be like, hey, I just want to do a level today, or I just want to like make some progress. Like, it doesn't always have to be like Skyrim where, oh man. But it's a roguelike, so you have to keep doing these small chunks back to back to back till you get to till you get to the rest point. I mean, yeah, but that's that's like saying, okay, well, I mean, Binding of Isaac isn't that big of a game either, but, like, you, you don't really, until you unlock stuff that makes the game easier, like, you've done nothing. So, I guess it's kind of, like, the same thing. Yeah, but here you're just killing enemies. Like, there's secret areas, but they're so small you find them really fast. So, like, what's the big catch for this thing? Like, what brings you back? Is it, like, is it as good of, like, a roguelike or... As good at like as um like like dead cells like is it is it good is it, is it like that good? No, it's not that. Good. I mean, nothing could be as good as dead cells. No, yeah, I know that's a big that's a big chunk. Dead cells no, is amazing. Um, and let me put it to you this way: I'm thinking about trying to 100 percent it on Steam because as a whopping six achievements. I mean, you are the master. Uh, you are the leader and the creator and the founder and the CEO of the Kalai McPherson Steam Achievements Leaderboard. Yeah. But it has six achievements. That's it. Yeah. That's not a lot. You hear that silence? Cricket. It is, it is um, an early access game, and, and I know that there is room to, for it to grow, so... Um, I do want to kind of reach out to the guy and see if I can get a hold of it myself. I mean, I played the demo at PAX and I really liked it. And um, I really dug that kind of the premise and everything. So, uh, but that's cool, you know? I mean, it's... it's. I think you're mixing them up with their other game because they have another game. Do you remember the name? No, I can look it up later though because it's on my Steam list. Because mm -hmm. it's not... It's not a platformer. It's more like a... The dungeon game from Ridalaka. Smaller. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which dungeon game from Ridalaka? 
uh, Devious Dungeons? Yeah, it's like Devious Dungeon, but smaller. Oh! Like, each level is really small. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. Yes. So, like, you have to kill the enemies to get your gold, so you can buy things. There's different currencies. And then you can find stuff in the levels. Some of the stuff I was finding in the levels was the exact piece of equipment I've already had. I was like, oh, that doesn't help me. But I think you can combine the items to, like, make better items or synthesize items. It's I'm still learning the game. Interesting. That sounds cool. Yeah. Sounds cool, Leo. All right, let's head over. Let's head over to our topic of the show. So, it's been rumored because of a listing for, what was it, 2K21? I think it was 2K21. NBA 2K21. So, I actually stumbled on this the other day. And I sent it over to Kali, and I'm like, hey, like, look at this. I was actually, like, because I, I like NBA 2K. Actually, just so all of you know at home, go on your, if you have a PlayStation 4, go on PSN, because NBA 2K20, this year's installment, is free this month as a PSN game. It's an awesome game. Check it out. I love NBA. I love basketball. I've been a huge fan since I was a kid. Anyway, um, so I went on Best Buy to just to see, like, okay, how much is this going to cost for the next gen? And I was I was shocked. To see that the price was $69.99 for a standard version for the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, and $59.99 for the PS4 and Xbox One version, and then the Kobe Bryant Mamba Forever Edition is $100 across the board for both uh, Xbox, for all, all consoles and all generations. Yeah, so the thing is, for me, it's duality. I mean, what about you, Joe? I mean, what do you think about that? Oh, we're jumping in right now. Well, okay. So there's a, that's the topic of the show. Is. I mean, that's well, okay. So what? <laughs> there's a lot of questions here. Okay, so a lot of people are all on the on the on the team of well, it costs more to make games now, so they should be able to charge more for next generation. But I mean, okay, but you get to a tipping point, right, where you can't charge too much for a game. Because it no longer, people will no longer pay that much just for one game. Because people like to buy multiple things. They don't like to just buy one. They want to buy two. And then they want to buy three. And buy four. So you need to make them affordable enough for people to actually like sustain the economy of buying games moving forward. We, di- we don't get paid more than we got paid last generation. And if we do, it's like $2 more an hour than we got paid last generation. So... We don't make the money to pay for seventy dollar games right now. I don't. I don't think we do. Um, buying games is a luxury. It's not something we need to do in life. So it's. Do I think the developers deserve more money for the games they make? Yes and no. Um, it's the same thing as going to a movie, and Roberto will attest to this. Like, movie prices have gone up so much in the last ten years. It's a- absolutely ridiculous, and it's. It's like it's the same experience. You're seeing a two-hour film or a three-hour film just like you saw 20 years ago. Yes, the technology's better, but is it worth paying almost $20 to see a movie once? You don't own it. You can't watch it again. With games, at least I own it and I can play it for however long I want. But is that one experience going to be worth $70 now? Is it? like Like, you have to think and... Can they sustain a market at $70? Will that be too high for people? Was that too high of a... Because, okay, so if the games are $70, right? So how much are controllers going to be? Are controllers going to be 100 now? 
because controllers are usually considerably more money or or they go up in price as games go up in price so if, if controllers are 60 now are controllers going to be 70 dollars too It's a, it, so, it's a good question. Yeah, I'll chip in now. It, it's a ballpark uh, that's like, it's it's a blessing and a curse. On the one hand, the extra $10 does kind of indicate that the price is going up. But at the same time, you have to, and that could be a bad pinch, but at the same time, you have to remember that it does cost a lot of cheddar to make some of the best games that we know. Like when yeah, you have an orchestra they're... for mm-hmm. God of War, or mm-hmm. you have advanced motion capture for the or for Halo Fo- in- Infinite or whatever the next Halo game is, it costs a lot of cheddar, you know, to be able to do something like that. It's it's not it, that does not come cheap, you know. I mean, you can like the it's it's all a matter of like artistic direction because maybe you can get a better performance by just commissioning a guy on Bandcamp, but at the same time. There's some people who are like, yo, let's go to Skywalker Ranch and let's get some of the best composers in the world and let's like score the hell out of this thing. No, I, I get uh, I get your take there. I get your take there. But yeah, like I, like so, I said, like, can you really put all of that cost onto the consumer? Like, is this is this a media where we're allowed to do that? Like they they try to do it in cinema, but people are starting to fight back. And now with this and now with covid and people seeing how accessible it is to just watch a movie at home and not ever have to go back to a theater. Will theaters ever be the same when this is over? Right. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely tough. Like, yeah, chime in, Cly, real quick. I, Roberto, you can finish your comment, but Cly, like, real quick, like, you you said, yeah, that's tough. Like, why? Why is that tough? Because, so here's the thing with that seventy dollar increase. Again, with COVID, we're not going to be in the same world. As we are now, like right now, you can't even go to that the movie theater. I don't even know if the movie theater is open. If I want to go, bring now. Let me bring this back to this increase of games. Uh, developers have not increased the price of games in ever since ever. I don't know the last time they increased the game. I was trying to figure that out. All right, I so two thousand five. Uh, correct, correct. And if you go back in history. Nintendo is the only company that has been charging this much for games since like 1997. And the only and they actually right. went down in price for one generation and then brought it back up. Cuz I believe the GameCube generation they were $50 a game and then it went back up to 60 after that. But Super Nintendo games were $60 because you had to pay for cartridges. They were more money. Um Nintendo games were varied prices and they were varied by developer um cost of the chipset like that all varied into the price. So there were some Nintendo games that were 40, some that were 60, some that were 70. There were some Nintendo games that were $90. Like it was crazy back in the wild wild west of like making video games cuz like the chipset that was in the game and the battery packs, like they all had to be accounted for in selling the game. We're lucky we don't live in that kind of world anymore. We're like say like Skyrim. If they want to charge Skyrim prices based on like Nintendo, like they could charge you $140 for Skyrim based on the amount of content in it. If they wanted to do something like that or like so, Roberto, going back to you, I know you had more to say. Like, what, what else could you... Wait, you want to... Okay, Kalai, go back to you. Sorry. I was trying to finish a thought, and you cut me off. I'm so sorry. No, go ahead. I thought was this, though. This might be a good time for them to increase that money, because at $70, you're getting an experience that you don't have to leave your house. And people that are afraid that, to leave their house, 
will now have another option for a media. But those people who can't leave their house, can they afford to buy a $70 game if they can't leave their house? Are they working? I'm not talking about people that can't leave their house. I'm talking about the people that are afraid to leave their house. I'm, okay. I'm afraid to leave my house. I don't want to go to a movie theater. I would rather spend that $70 on a video game than go spend $150 on a movie theater. And then the other thing is that, like, like, one, like uh, both of you bring up a point, going back to the movies, buying, for example, Scoob came out 25 bucks to own on video and on demand, but two things are done that, however, two things are done there that are really good. First is the fact that you don't have to go anywhere. And so it's pricey, but you remove the risk of being infected. The other thing is that for the, for the people making the movie, they get a bigger cut of the movie. As you know, Trolls 2, which was the most generic, pardon me, the most generic, a very generic sequel, like, cool. I liked it know, a lot. But I liked it a yeah, lot. Yeah, like... I mean, this isn't Filmcast. That's our other show. Maybe coming soon or not. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> but in any case, despite it being kind of average, at least the general consensus, but fun, it made a lot of money. It's Trolls. A considerable amount of money. Yeah, I have Trolls a kid. Too. I have a kid. I bought it. I had to. Right. Right, right. What I'm saying is that it still made a lot of money because they cut out the middleman with all the, the, the cut that we'd have to give to, to distributors and film distributors and just said the only cut that we lose is just the distributor of the video on demand service. So we get a bigger cut. So the $70 price increase, you have to remember, might go more towards, like, I think that where that's going to be really, what you have to really consider is the cut of that extra $10 going in, in the digital realm. You know, it's like how that's going to work because I, I can imagine that's some bullshit. You know, they're going to have a cut if, it, if it's a $70 game in physical, the, you know, they're, they're not going to get as big as a cut physically because they still have to give a cut to, yeah, to the, the know, GameStop and all that. They might get a bigger cut if obviously it's a $70 game released on PSN, you know, or something like that. I, I mean, that's a different, that's a cost thing to take into consideration. I think it's that on one hand, you have like if you have to offset not just cost but also expectations. Like if you're going to spend seventy dollars on a game, now the expectations are way higher to make sure that the game hits a certain capability and and it's like and a good value now. Okay, you know, so like, I'm, gonna st- I'm gonna stop you there because I want to chime in real quick. So uh, <laughs> you're then you're going back to that whole entitlement argument, right? Like why are you entitled to a better experience for ten dollars more? Like, why does that $10 equal a better quality game? Why? Like, if the games already cost more to make, Roberto, then why, why does $10 equal a better game in our mind? Why? Like, I don't think it should. Uh, right, I think, it shouldn't. I think the game should just should be good regardless. They're, they're putting out a product. You're supposed to put out a product I want to buy and I want to play. Like, you shouldn't chimp out because it's, it take, costs you more money or less money to make the game. Uh, I've I've played Shovel Knight, which cost me fifteen dollars when it came out, and that game's right. better than half the games I paid sixty dollars for. Like, but there are yeah, there are going to be people though. I'm saying, and I would that. and I would pay sixty dollars to play Shovel Knight. I would like that game was phenomenal, and the amount of hours and like gameplay I've got out of it and replay and all that, I would have paid sixty dollars for Shovel Knight. Hands down. Right, but I'm saying that there's going to be people who yeah who who expect their expectations and quality to be tied to price. Uh, what were you going to say, Kali? I was going to say, I wonder if that, um, especially with your first party publishing, that extra $10 might 
actually be what's going to keep the prices of the hardware down. Because we are coming into an era where you have an SSD, which right now, even an SSD on a PC is expensive. Like, it's like, I think, $300 for a or two terabyte SSD, the chip that they're going to put into that, into the, um, into the PlayStation and the Xbox. You also have the graphics card, which is being, we think, which we were speculating, me and Jim are speculating that it's going to be specially produced for those systems. That's insane. Because it's coming from AMD. AMD makes all of the hardware for the, uh, PlayStation, uh, Stuff. So the, the PlayStation uses an AMD GPU. An mm-hmm. AMD B- GPU does not have ray tracing. Those are exclusively right. so Kali actually does make on the NVIDIA um, cards. So, so you're saying they have to put something else in the system to make it ray trace, so it's going to cost even more. God damn. It's going to be a specialized, so it has to have dual be a pro- specialized chipset. Yeah, it has to have it. Yeah, that's insane. Yep. Yep. That's ex- yeah, exactly. So hopefully that money is used to keep the cost of the hardware down. Yeah, I guess. because they, yeah. Well, remember, they don't make any money on the hardware anyway half the time. They make nickels and dimes. What they really make their money off of is selling copies of games. That, that's why they want their install base to be as large as it can to sell as many games as they can. Roberto, what's up, man? Mm-hmm. What do you have to say? Yeah, it, it, Kalai does make a very good point because... As you know, in, in this business, uh, cost the cost of something has a, a ripple effect on others. So the hardware, this might be a means to keep the hardware down. Because I don't think people want to spend $1,000 on, on, on PS5. or, or and, and, and if they get to $600 levels, we're, it's going to scare people away again. Good. Yeah, it's going to yeah. scare people away at $600. So on the other hand, you, 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 know, you have it at an extra $10 to offset those costs. So that might be something to uh consider and to maneuver you know within that regard to try and offset specific costs and things of that sort then not to mention there it's going to be caught like there's also probably other costs with um with with like you know putting your game on psn and things like that that we have to consider as well oh yeah that's always yeah that's always a hurdle and a cost right and Mm -hmm. the other thing is that uh just to inject another thought that might be better um so I remember many years ago there was a lot of talk about EA was trying to well there wasn't a lot of talk they they actually tried to do this they the EA tried to implement that 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 online pass thing and then oh my $10. god and that failed in like five seconds so yep something to consider in this discussion in that particular discussion is with the um is that a means to try. In combat, secondhand games uh, to an extent, maybe. But then I'll pose another question to both of you. Like, well, let's let's take this conversation further, right? So they're gonna charge you ten dollars more for a new game, right? Mm-hmm. You know, as you know as well as I do, that they're not getting rid of season passes next generation. So we got to pay ten dollars more for a game and then buy a season pass on top of that. Right, like, that's the other thing too. It's like, like, because you know, games aren't complete anymore. They got to put season passes on things, so it's like right, we're, you're already getting it. Yeah, you're already getting a game in chunks. Like, why? If so, if I'm paying ten more dollars to get an unfinished game, and then I got to pay fifty more dollars for a season pass, or however much it is for a season pass, like, when does it end? And then 
like I'll kick it even further before I let you guys respond to this. Like, like how about games that have um, microtransactions? So they're already making so much money off these microtransactions. Why do they have to charge ten more dollars? Not every game has microtransactions, though. Very true. Very true. I see you there. I see you there. But but will all games be standard at this price, or will there still be tiered pricing based on like the level of like? I guess marketability, oh, marketability think, still. Oh, I'm pretty sure it'll be much. I'm t- well, we're talking about triple A titles and. No, no, we're talking about all games in, in general. But I, like, I'm just saying, like, so if like Crash Bandicoot or Spyro Four, because Spyro Four is not making it to PS4, it's, it'll make it to PS5. So when Spyro Five Four gets announced, will that be? Oh, by the way, Tricky, he's the less marketable character. Anyway, will it come out on PS4? For like forty dollars or fifty dollars, as opposed to seventy dollars, because they know it's not going to move as many units at that full seventy dollars price. Well, ja- well, the new Jack and Daxter coming in at a full at a full retail because when they remade the remaster, they didn't sell that at full price; they sold it at forty. Ah, but here's a question for you, and I'm going to bring this back to one of our recent episodes. Sure. Remember how I posed the question? That with the flood of games, will it hurt the next generation of gaming? Oh, it's going to. Do you think, and do you think that the added price now of the extra ten dollars will uh, scare some people away to like waiting a year off to buy a console? I one hundred percent do. I mean, they've they've got at least ten to fifteen titles on coming out on PS4 and Xbox One that people will want to play this year and wait off to buy a new console. I can tell you that now. Like, I want to play Tony Hawk. I want to play um, Kingdoms of Alamar. Like, there's a lot of things I want to play. Um, I want to play that Mass Effect trilogy that's rumored and they still haven't announced yet. Like, that's not probably going to go to next gen. That's probably this gen. Because there's a lot of things in this gen that just kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed. So they're all still in the can. I think I think the best thing, the best thing for this whole scenario is that like, yeah, the big AAA games, they'll be $10 more. I think there'll be a second tier of games that are still $60, and then you'll have your $40 games, too. But I don't know if this is going to hurt them as much as I think it will, but I think it will I think it will detract from early adopters, like Kalai said. Roberto, your thoughts? I think that what's going to happen, like, the, the, there's a lot of interesting points to make. I mean, maybe this is also maybe a, a means to start discouraging, you know, microtransactions or something, or or gotcha mechanics just to, to kind of like just offset that because it's like we a micro, still have games microtransaction yeah. taxation right because we still have games that you spend 60 bones on and it still tries to to coerce you into doing that and that's always been controversial and i and i'm on of the opinion that if you spend 60 dollars on a game you should you know that if it's online like the only microtransactions that should exist should be on an online mode and it should be cosmetic it should be i agree you know and like you know, like trying to spend money, like we talked about Shadow of Mordor a few up, last episode or a few episodes ago, and then Shadow of War, which we mentioned. One of the biggest setbacks in its launch was that it had a whole gotcha system in, installed, which is a single player only game, and it had no reason to exist. But obviously, well, it, somebody it, it, at Warner Brothers made a, an executive accountant decision oh, to 100%. throw it in there for monetization. I mean, it made the game a lot easier. That's why they did it because people complained a lot in the first one that you had to, and you had to grind a lot to get like enemy units and do things. So they want to like 
kind of like bypass that by allowing people to purchase like what they needed from the get-go or to bypass hard situations in that game make the game easier or break the game in a sense because a lot of people just don't well, want to say sit- it broke the game because like oh 100 sure, every game. game has grinding it's just a matter of how fun you make it like not to go off on a top tangent here but at no, least shadow mordor you you go on vendetta missions each vendetta mission is different how you dispatch your enemies what you do to dispatch your enemies whether you're using wraith powers or up close and personal kills uh all affects the the xp uh saving prisoners, um, also hunting those animals and stuff like that. So it's not really like, it's it's a good kind of grindy, not like a, uh, you know, not like, it, you know, I'm dragging my, my knuckles and my knees through mud grindy. So No, they, they varied it way more than the first game, I would say. Right. Like they fixed so a lot of the that, issues. But then my point being is that, going back on this, it, you know, the, the microtransition system should not have existed um, for a single player game. And, no, they never should. And it's just it should, you know, so maybe this is this ten dollar thing is a way to like I said, discourage that and try and encourage more people to release games that are structured to not feature that as well and then, you know, if and try and avoid using that at all costs. Like just you know, you're a game designer, you know, you should know about pros and cons, balancing things out. What could the player do to be powerful enough to defeat this foe, you know? Does it involve side quests? Does it involve um, different attributes to things? You know, so I think that's something to consider uh, in in that in that discussion of this extra ten dollar thing. All right, how about we go to our questions? You ready, Joe? You got questions? We did. Sweet. I guess you didn't look. No, I I you looked ready? for like two seconds, and then I put up another one, and I don't think anybody posted in the second one. So no. Uh. Levi says, have you guys tried GOG, which is good old games? I'm a big fan these days. It's very fast and smooth service, and they're doing great work at preserving old PC games. Um, well, I, I mean, I've heard of it. I've always wanted to be a part of it um, and, and see how it is and you, see what's there. You would like you would like GOG. You'll probably find a lot of your Star Wars games. Dude, they have GOG. everything on GOG. Like, they have gizmos and gadgets is on there. Like, anything you can think of is on good old games. And for those that don't know, GOG is a PC-only uh, service, kind of like Steam, except they're, they are going out and trying to preserve older games, because as our machines are getting faster and faster, our, these old games cannot actually run on them, so they actually go out and find the licensing and have them redone to be able to play on the modern console. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool like movement, and I'm really proud of the guys that run it. Because that's a really cool thing they're doing is trying to preserve the history of gaming uh, one game at a time. And it's I, I've listened to like them on interviews with like Pat Contry and like them talk about like the whole project and why they did it. And it's it's really admirable for people to step up in the community and understand that these are pieces of art and, pe- and pieces of history that need to be preserved and people should be allowed to play them. Like when as time goes on, like it's it's not it's a shame that a lot of these games get lost to time. Like. It's hard to play. It, like, I wish I could have my kids sit down in front of a computer and play like Reader Rabbit or stuff like that. Like, those games were awesome and they like they represent my childhood. But unfortunately, my PC can't can overrun Reader Rabbit to the point where like Reader Rabbit would like. I don't know, it's, it just won't run, which is like insane to think that like games that run off a of DOS won't run on a high powered laptop. It's like, well, I, it, yeah, it, it, 
I would say like it sounds like I'm gonna have to check this out. Does it? Uh, or, so, quick question: Does it have its own launcher or no? I believe. Yes, so, yeah. has its own launchers. Um, what's really? I think all the Star Wars games are on there. I think. I think. Uh, well, I'm looking at it right now, and the X Wing's also, on there. They also have their own sale, and I am seeing Cosmic Star Heroin for a dollar. Something change, and that's on everything for a dollar. Sim City Four. For four ninety nine, SimCity three thousand for two forty nine. Three thousand, really? Yeah. Three thousand's fun. Pack Quest for three eighty nine. Oh, I want so, that Cat Quest double pack on PS four so bad. Right. Like, so in other words, um, Meowmageddon or whatever yeah, they're calling it. This is cut. So Kali, you, you're done financially. undone me here, just so you know. No, you fi- that was all Levi. financially undone yourself. Levi. Levi's the Levi's the the cult leader of the PC master race. Like he's like the hooded like guy that's running. Well, I guess no, I guess no, Kali's the it. I guess Kali's the uh, the leader. But 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 don't say don't say don't say hooded. Oh, sorry, I can't say hooded. It's inappropriate. I, I didn't go. I didn't say you were. Le- I didn't the, read the room, dude. Read the room. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 cringe, dude. Just just be careful. All right. I mean, you're a cult. You could be um, like a Jamestown cult. They weren't like, they weren't racist. I don't think they just had people drink Kool Aid and die. I mean, that's what it is. Um, <laughs> no, I already. No. Here we go. Like once, yeah. Like right now, for example, I'm looking at this, and there's a game called Soldiers: Heroes of World War II was released in 2004. That's five bucks. Um, weren't we oh, talking gosh. about PS Five prices? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> We're still recording. <laughs> yeah. All right. Can Battle can I go to the next question while uh, oh, God, this is Robert- I know this is horrible. This is horrible. I'm looking at the I'm just looking at this GOG I'm just I've Good. lost them. All right. Give, give let me go to the re- next question cuz you can, you won't answer this. You might know. The next one's a PC this. question again. I you didn't read it though. I already I, I read the 3 that were there. I don't know if anybody asked more questions. No, it was only two. Oh. And it's from Levi you guys. Yeah, I know. Well, thank you Levi for writing in. Also, I have a PC question. How many f- many frame rates should my drive produce if my CPU doesn't GPU on the second Fortnite of the winter solstice? In theory, should I upgrade my bottleneck to three? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, I feel like you need more ray tracing and teraflops. And if you don't have enough floppa terrors and floppy flopper terrors, you should get an ocelotl donkle and upgrade your drivers to max seven eight six four six, and you should be good. It should, it should all run after that. And if not, you just throw a copy of TurboTax in there, and then you just hit send. I can't even top that. I I now no longer have an answer. Thank you, Joe. You're welcome. <laughs> Apparently, I'm a PC master race person, so I have all the answers when it comes to PC. Oh my god. All right, that's going to bring us to the end of our show. Uh, thank you for everybody that wrote in. If you do like us, please subscribe and rate us. You can go to Twitter at GameStuffCast. Our Facebook group, just search GameStuff Podcast. We have a Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash Proving Gamer. If you'd like to get in touch with us, I am K-A-L-A-I, the number 21 on Twitter. Uh, Roberto is Jehuti88. That's J-E-H-U-T-Y-88. Uh, Joe is 
Mr. TMNT84, that's capital M-R, capital T-M-N-T-84, and Corey is the Grounded Gamer, no E-double-D, if you would like to go on his Twitter and blow up his Twitter feed and tell him how much you miss him while he's away, we would love for you to do that. Or you can go into our Facebook group and tag him in as many posts as possible. Oh, tag him and I miss you memes. Like, just, like, flood his Facebook with I miss you memes. Oh, that'd be great. That would be great. Um, If you would like to help us out, just go to ProvenGamer.com. Click on any Amazon link and do your shopping like normal. It does help out the site and doesn't cost you any money. We are also uh, partnered with Humble Bundle. We support the charity Extra Life. Uh, you can just click on the Humble Bundle link in my show notes, and you can go check out some great PC games and some Switch games. If you do like our show, check out our other shows. There's Trophy Horse and, of course, PG Spoilers whenever we decide to release that. Um, I also want to thank Isaac Sago for our logo and, of course, the band Take Away the Ugly for our uh, music. So thank you, guys. And I want to thank you, the listener, and we'll see you on the next episode of Game Stuff. May the force be with you. Be good to each other out there. Stay nice, stay healthy, stay cool. Wear your mask. Yeah, do all that thing Roberto said and just keep enjoying games.